warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Howdy, 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 movie lovers, and welcome back to the Trash Heap. Uh, We're here talking about movies that got low scores on Rotten Tomatoes, but are likely brilliant masterpieces. Uh, I'm Keith. That's Elliot. Hi. Elliot's back from a parallel dimension and is here ready to talk about one of the probably most important summer blockbusters and postmodern films of all time, and that is 1993's Last Action Hero. So when you say important, what do you mean by that? Well, if you're looking at at Last Action Hero purely as a piece of art, there aren't too many movies that really compare in terms of being self-referential, a movie within a movie, existing in a world where movies are important to people. So when you say art, what do you mean by that? I mean a beautiful, wonderful, incredibly executed... It seems you're at a loss. I, it's hard to describe. I get really emotional and choked up talking about Last Action Hero because it's such an achievement. So when you say achievement, what do you mean by that? I mean there's a high level of artistic craft involved from the way Arnold Schwarzenegger's biceps flex to the the scuffed up, scraped up knuckles of a of a city living streetwise kid to an ice cream cone being fired into the back of a man's head and killing him instantly. Just across the board, there's nonstop, top-shelf creativity, impeccable execution, and just ambitious vision. So here's what I don't like about this episode of The Trash Sheep. Well, it's not even an episode yet. Well, this little whatever it is going to be. Who knows? See, I love this already. You're, you're... you're following this trend of meta commentary. You're you're already commenting on a show that doesn't exist yet. Wow. So yeah, what I don't like about this one, if it is a show or isn't a show or whatever, or a show within a show, a show within a show, is that it? I'm siding with Rotten Tomatoes here, and I don't like doing that. Wow. So you monster. Well, thirty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, and you agree with that? I agree that there's somewhere. Down the line, this was a movie that was made. Uh, I agree that people were in it. I agree that I watched it uh, in its entirety for the first time in preparation for this episode. Because I've attempted to watch Last Action Hero probably like three or four times and have never gotten through it. And I will say, this is a movie I should love. Yeah, paper. if you if you look at the data, you look at the bullet right. points by the numbers. Right, this is a perfect if, film. If you, by the way, if you want to watch Last Action Hero yourself, download Sony's Crackle app, which is available on just about any device, and it is free to watch. Was it on Crackle? It was on Crackle. I watched it on Pluto. Which no account. Pluto fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, Crackle has it. It might be available on some other formats, but Crackle continues to be one of my favorite streaming platforms that you don't have to sign up for yeah yeah uh there's no account necessary you just download it and start watching some some movies i got nothing against crackle don't get me wrong sponsor us baby let's do it <laughs> i much and if i had known it was on crackle i definitely would have watched it over pluto and then on pluto because i that was the first time i ever used that app and not a fan sounds like a nightmare 
Not a fan. It, well, it wasn't as big a nightmare as actually watching Last Action Hero start to finish. Though. Wild. So why don't you get? Why don't you tell me something about what you like about this movie? Because maybe you can sway me before I just lay into it. Well, ultimately, Last Action Hero is just built to be great. I mean, look at the cast. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. You've got Charles Dance. Um, the voice of Danny DeVito. Yeah, the voice of Danny DeVito as a cartoon cat. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got cameo appearance from Sylvester Stallone. Wait, he's not. Uh, he doesn't have his. You just see his face. They, he's a yeah. He's a cardboard cutout. Yeah, they photoshopped his face. He onto- stars in Terminator. It's an alternate reality where Sylvester Stallone stars in Terminator Two. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that is true. Uh, you've got the the acting chops of veteran screen legend Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn, yeah. Amazing. There's some good people in this movie. I'll give you that. Ian McKellen's in it. Uh, yeah, Ian McKellen as death. Yeah, see, there's that one guy. Other cameos from Freddy Cougar. Wait, he's not in it. He shows up in an ad in a oh, newspaper. Yeah. There's that guy, the guy who owns the mechanic shop in Christine. You know who I'm talking about. He's like, ah, kid, you can fix your car here. That guy, he's in it. He owns the movie theater, right? Is that the same guy? Have you been sucked into the movies, Keith? <laughs> For a couple of quote-unquote movie experts, we don't know crap about anything. <laughs> uh, it's definitely it's definitely the boss. He's definitely the guy who owns the the studio, the movie studio, and not that or the TV station in Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow, I think that's the same guy who owns the mechanic shop in Christine. He's in it. He owns the he's the kid guy who gives the kid the magic movie ticket, which I never realized. I never, it's not even a movie ticket. It's just a ticket. It's half of the movie ticket. Well, no, because remember he was, he says he, he was for a Houdini live stage show. Right. It wasn't even a movie ticket. No. I mean, not in the modern sense, but a ticket is a ticket. It's I a mean, ticket. let's, let's start from the beginning though. It's an action blockbuster, a big budget studio production starring Arnold Schwarzenegger directed by, uh, action movie Dynamo. And uh, I believe a federally indicted criminal, uh, John McTiernan. Yep. So regardless of what you think of his uh, criminal activity. um, It's not like he killed anybody. No, I don't think he hurt anybody. I think it was like uh, financial uh, chicanery. Yeah, I think it was just like some like tax bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, there's that's the thing. There is a there is a a caliber of uh, high caliber of talent behind this movie. Like I said, if you. If you wrote out a math equation of things I like in a movie, wrote it down on a paper, handed it to me, and said, this is Last Action Hero, and I looked at it, I was like, I'd be like, I'm in. Well, and this premise is every kid's dream, right? Yeah. A kid living in the city with a single mother, you know, just trying to make it through this harsh world we call reality, mm-hmm. and uh, his only escape is the movies. Right. Right? He loves movies more than anything, and his favorite movie is Jack Slater which is an action series starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a real he's a character. Exactly. He he, he is himself within this movie world who stars he's he is a real an guy actor who is in action movies. Who stars in a fictional Yes. He's a real guy starring in a fictional series of movies starring him. A parallel reality to our own because right. he stars in movies and plays a character he doesn't play in any of his real what, life. What we perceive as right. real life. But everything else is the same. He's married to Maria Shriver. Right. He owns Planet Hollywood and right. is a shill for that restaurant. Right. 
I mean, as someone who did spend some time trapped in the movies, a la this kid. Right, this is relatable to you, and this is right. why we're talking about and it. I mean, so one thing I will say that I enjoyed about the, the, the movie is it does, like you said, it's every kid's dream to get sucked inside their favorite movie. Yeah, to be invulnerable, to be the hero. It does. It to do- be the song, comedy sidekick. It does capture the concept of, like, when I got sucked into the movies, it was not cool. You know, like, there was movie monsters trying to kill me right well you didn't terrifying. have too much freedom as far as which movie no i was just trying going boom 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 getting switched right over. you crossed alex cross when you are definitely not supposed to cross I didn't, alex well, cross i didn't even mean to but it just happened you know yeah so then when the kid gets sucked into the movie he starts realizing that maybe the movies aren't as fun although he starts actually, out almost getting blown up by dynamite so that's true and yeah. then throwing up in the back of a convertible yeah I mean, I've thrown up in the back of, of a convertible when there was no dynamite involved. Right. You know? Yeah, I don't know about this movie, though, man. It's, uh... Well, it starts out... One of my favorite parts is it literally starts with the perfect opening credit sequence. You come from the Paramount logo, it burns away to reveal a steel door and the series of, of doors and pieces of metal with the hard rock soundtrack kicking in. Right. Right? And then we fly over the water. What we don't realize is we're not watching the opening to this movie. We're watching the movie that the main character, Danny, is watching. Right. And see, We're this, seeing what he this sees. This is one of my problems with, uh, with the whole thing is when he's watching the movie, the movie, that movie is already a parody. The movie he's watching within the movie is already a parody of action movies. It shouldn't be till he gets inside of it that the parody starts to unravel or not unravel, but like the seriousness of the fake movie starts to unravel and become a parody of itself. When he realizes how ridiculous all these things are, when you implant a real person into an artificial scenario. Well, if you look at some of the action movies that this is sending up, like say Cobra, Mm -hmm. it's not that far off. It's not that far off. It is, it is more like Cobra than it is like uh, Terminator or Die Hard. Oh, definitely. I think there's a spectrum and that's why this is a send up and a spoof (laughs) and the commentary on the overly serious nature of a lot of those right. types but of action movies. I think, I think movies. Cobra itself, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I really enjoy watching that movie, but that movie is almost an, uh, unintentional. 100%. They did things they thought were cool. Right, an unintentional parody. Yeah, like uh, what did the um, the license plate on Cobra's It said like badass or something. It said like 1-800-BADASS or something. Or Yeah, or like too cool or something yeah. like really goofy, which yeah. may have seemed awesome, but yeah, it was super corny. Uh, the same way him, you know... He cuts the pizza in half with a pair of scissors he for absolutely it, no reason. Not, he cuts it in half horizontally. Right. He doesn't cut it down to like make too small. He just cuts it through, through the middle. He's also got this waterfront beach apartment, but it's just messy and disgusting, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of pathetic. So, Last Action Hero and is... And welcome to our episode about Cobra. About, yeah. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Um, Last Action Hero, it's like, it's oh, it's parodying that, which in itself is almost a self-parody. If I think they played the, the the movie parts a little bit straighter until he got into the movie, you know, like almost like maybe if the kid's real life, you know, when he's like, oh, I'm late for school, I'm all this stuff. That was the co- more comedic part. Yeah. So I think I think I'm slightly in agreement with you where yeah. if they would have played it straighter, we wouldn't have realized that we were sort of like a Freddy Krueger movie where you don't realize where you've transitioned into the dream right. until something really wild happens. Right. So they could have kept it, played it actually entirely seriously up until 
uh, the Ripper kills Jack Slater's son mm-hmm. on the rooftop. And then when the movie goes on the fritz, you realize it's not actually. Right. You're you're right. You're aware. Like you said, like the thing opens up and it's like, oh, you're like, this is the movie that we're watching. But pretty quickly you come to, the, to realize that this is some sort of gag. Yeah. With the absurd yeah. uh, Tina Turner is the, uh, the mayor, the deputy mayor. Yeah. Or something like that. Also, and then why is t- this is, I guess, somewhat off topic. Why is Tom Noonan wearing makeup to make himself look frightening in this movie when he is already the one of the most terrifying people alive? Right. He's a super gaunt, terrifying dude. I think they literally did it just to make him look beefier compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because Schwarzenegger has got a very pronounced skeleton. Yeah, his jawline and his bone structure. So you make, you exaggerate Tom Noonan a little bit and you just make him, uh, it, it just gives him sort of a, an imposing. I just feel like he would have been scared just looking like himself. Yeah. You know, maybe too gaunt, um, to look like a physical match. I mean, just think of how creepy he is in uh manhunter. Oh yeah. Where he's just like dressed like a regular dude, nothing weird about him. You know, he almost seems like that's another thing. It's like it almost he almost seems like a parody of a villain too. You oh, know? definitely. And I mean, he definitely is for sure supposed to be later on. But I mean, in that opening scene where it's supposed to be the real movie, that's one of the other things that takes you out of it and makes you realize you're watching a gag before the punchline. Although you know? I would say at the time that was a really fresh and exciting look for a villain. Like obviously he looks weird with the uh, enhanced facial structure and the the wild teeth. But the this whole getup of Using a customized axe and then wearing a chainmail vest with a yellow raincoat is like pretty inspired. I don't know. I've seen ever seen anything like that. Have you seen Highlander Two: The Quickening? I believe so. Then you've seen a lot of things like that. Because <laughs> there's like there's like that in every like every other scene. I guess so. What? Are, what? Are we, that might even predate Last Action Hero. Uh, good question. Let's find out. I don't know. I'm because I'm nitpicking about Tom Noonan's appearance. Yeah, you're really you got to really have it in for this movie. It's like you're looking for a way to rip it up. I'm nitpicking it, but it's just it's just a point of like it's a point of the, the odd choices the movie makes when it's like yeah, ninety one for the quickening. So two, so two years. So that set the stage. Well, I for- think you're one of the few people that distinctly remember some of the nonsense that went on in Highlander two. I remember everything that happened in Highlander two: The Quickening. Can we take a commercial break? I'm gonna go check my soup. Yeah, definitely. Say something about Kronos Corporation or something. Yeah. Or uh, what's a fake company from Last Action Hero? Or a Blockbuster? Do they go to a Blockbuster video? I think so, yeah. yeah. Or, some, or maybe it's called something like a fake version of Blockbuster, like Clockbuster. Yeah, Dockbuster. I'll just put in a Blockbuster video commercial. Nobody has the movie I want. Hey, if it's on video, Blockbuster probably has it. I mean, we have over 10,000 videos. Wow. I'll watch these fast and have them back tomorrow, I promise. Relax. At Blockbuster, you can keep your videos for three evenings, so take home plenty. And, and use our 24-hour quick drop. Do you have any children's videos? Sure. Blockbuster's America's family video store. You know, we have more kids' videos than any place else. And more movies, more nights, more fun. Blockbuster video. Wow. What a difference. Tom Noonan's great in RoboCop 2. Oh, yeah. oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking Terminator 2 for a second. I was like, that. no, he's not. No, he's Kane, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the drug, lead, drug, yeah. drug dealer slash cult leader. He's fantastic. But right out of the gate, you get these incredible action sequences. Um, <sighs> just everything's exploding. Yeah, that's the thing. All the, the guns are big. The cars are weird and old-timey, like a theme park. <sighs> yeah. You got some of your favorite hired goons. 
like uh, Al Leong shows up. Right. Yeah. To me, the uh, the action scenes of this are just like kind of very generic. And I know once again, I know it's supposed to be a parody of action movies, but you have John McTiernan who's made literally two of the best action movies ever made: Die Hard and Predator. And the action scenes in this this one are just kind of like. Just like, just blow this up here, blow this up there, blow this up there. That's good enough. But he's doing it at the highest possible level. Like when uh, Jack Slater's second cousin Frank's house blows up and the cops go flying. Uh, That's shot perfectly and beautifully. The explosion's executed. I mean, you, you don't really get a better explosion. It's a copy and paste of all the best shit. It's a copy and paste, that's for sure. <laughs> It's a copy of paste and and shit. Yeah, coming from a guy who's never seen Lethal Weapon two. I have seen Lethal Weapon two. I just I don't, don't remember it. So. I just haven't. Don't remember it. I mean, what's the difference? It's, if you don't remember seeing it and don't remember I, what happened, I remember watching it. I don't remember what happens in the movie. I couldn't tell you the plot of it. I mean, there's no proof. You see what I'm saying? Eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How is the kid a math wizard? A math wizard? Yeah, there's that scene where he's like. He's trying to prove to Arnold Schwarzenegger that they're in a movie. Or he's trying to prove to Jack Slater. Oh, with, with the phone numbers? With the phone numbers. I don't know that that's math. No, because, yeah, he goes, like, how goes how, how many people live in Los Angeles? And he goes, 8 million or something. He says something like that. And then he says, okay, if every phone number starts with 555, that means you can only have X amount of phone numbers. Well, that's a, a, a simple function of exponents, okay, right? Okay, so how many uh, phone numbers can you have that start with 555? Oh, I don't know. Exactly. So you he just rattles Yeah, it but off. I spent most of my adult life uh, getting away from math versus he's a kid in school where that concept is probably fresh. And just because he's bored and disinterested in school, you can't necessarily presuppose that he's an idiot. Well, I'm not presupposing that he's an idiot. I'm presupposing... But that's simple multiplication in middle school. No. no. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I could have figured that out that quickly in... In middle school. But maybe you were dumb. Perhaps. But Danny but may not be dumb. We haven't established that he's dumb, but we do establish that he just doesn't go to school and his mom is constantly lying. Not that many times. She says, she says that's one of the opening scenes. Yeah, he did. They, they reference a specific amount of days, but it's not like he's skipping every day. Perhaps. He has a certain number of absences from his school to where there will be consequences from him. Or for him, but not necessarily... Here's a question I have, since we're talking about the mom. Now, I would understand the mom not necessarily knowing, being familiar with the Jack Slater movies, because she doesn't care about them, you know? Yeah. She's like, she's like, she's like, you know, like he's always talking about the Jack Slater movies, and she'd be like, oh, well, who was that movie you like? John Bilbo or something? But, but, when she meets the Jack Slater, when they go back, when they travel out of the movie world into the real world, and he takes Jack Slater to his apartment, and he, Jack Slater meets... His mom, how come she doesn't recognize him as Arnold Schwarzenegger? Right, as one of the most famous people, people on because, Earth. Because right after that, it's established that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a real guy within this movie Right, universe. so she would see him on Entertainment Tonight or on a billboard or in a TV commercial. Right. Like, sure. Even if she couldn't say, see who, say a movie that he was in, she'd be like, oh, I know who this famous actor is. That's a fair criticism. However... I don't know that it necessarily ruins the movie it or derails ruin it. doesn't ruin the movie. Because you have to understand, she's a working mother, so she's whatever she does for a living. I assumed at one point she was a, a stewardess mm-hmm. based on her outfit, but it's hard to tell mm-hmm. for sure. I, I think they reference what she does after 
he gets mugged in the apartment and uh, the police are talking to to Danny. Uh-huh. But, like I said, she's a working mother, so she's up all night working, she sleeps during the day, and then when by the time Danny's coming from home from school, that's when she's getting up. Right. And then she's got to make dinner and do all these things, so it is, there's a sliver of plausible deniability there. I'm going to let you have this one. I sure. agree with it. I'm not saying you didn't enjoy this movie. I'm saying that's not enough to really topple it. That's not enough to really top that. No, that's not enough to topple because it. Because just... by the time that that event occurs in the movie, mm-hmm. we're already into the meat of the best part. So you, you spend the first two thirds of the movie getting all these wacky references, yeah. these in jokes, this meta commentary on the celebrity of Arnold Schwarzenegger. By the time we get to meet the mom, Jack Slater is in the real world, and there's real-world consequences to everything he does. Right, that's my point. And that's one of the most uh, refreshing parts. You spend most of the movie in this wacky cartoon world, and it's silly and fun, and it's we're along the ride with Danny yeah. as he's like mesmerized you're by actually, all this you're stuff. You're actually proving my argument, because one of the real-world consequences of Jack Slater being in the real world would be walking down the street and constantly being recognized as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you're not wrong. Although when he shows up, it's dark. It's nighttime. Nope, they're they're having breakfast in the morning. She's looking over. She's looking. No, no, that's after though. Yeah, but that's, that's after they get there and are investigating. Yeah, but I mean, saying the mom is. And then when they're out during the day, he's got that hat on for a disguise. Okay, but when he's hanging out with the mom in the morning. Right, but in they're the, in an apartment. The brightly lit apartment. There's no one that's gonna he has see no them. No hat on. Yeah, but I'm saying like they would have to be across the street on the roof with like a telescope. I'm just saying, like, think of uh, the missed opportunity here. Where she could be like, why is Arnold Schwarzenegger in our apartment? Right. And he could be like, oh, I won the Jack Slater uh, biggest fan contest. And he's hanging out with me for the day. Right. And then, and then, but then Jack Slater is hitting on his mom. But I think. And that- then she thinks that Arnold Schwarzenegger is hitting on him. So that's, that's. And then she says, what about Maria? And then he goes like, whatever, I've been fucking my maid for 20 years. Right. Well, they actually referenced that at one point, which is really funny. Wait, do they? Yeah. There's a cool sort of. It's it's not in a specific reference, but it is like, uh, like an unintentional like prediction of the future, which uh, this movie has like the Schwarzenegger library and referencing his political career, sure, and yeah. all these other things. Like it's very predictive, and I know that that was kind of an accident, but I think also Arnold's involvement, they sort of knew enough about him that like he was already on those trajectories. Or do you think that this was the movie that gave him ideas? He's like, okay, it could have been. He's like. This movie made me, th- I'm going to run for office. Right. I'm going to impregnate my maid. Yes. And he's like, and it's all because of Last Action And, and then my son's going to become like a MMA star or whatever the fuck. Wait, is that is, is that true? It's something. He's doing something. The Like the, the, the maid son. Yeah. Is an MMA star? Or something. Maybe a professional wrestler or a stuntman or oh, cool. s- something wacky. But um, if you would have included that, that would have ground the movie to a halt. And then later on when... Uh, Arnold and Jack Slater meet and the the banter and the implication there uh-huh. of uh you know Jack Slater resenting Arnold for ruining his life wouldn't be as interesting. What if you know what would have been cool is if the aren't like the real Arnold and the Jack Slater had to team up and the real Arnold sacrificed himself to save Jack Slater and then he has to stay in the real world. He divorces his wife and then marries Danny's mom. Right. Right. Because that would have just been like the ultimate like meta Hollywood ego moment where it's like, I'm going to kill myself. Yes. 
the real person to keep my character alive. That was just a... It's wild that you're talking about that because there's a Black Mirror episode that has that exact same oh, really? plot from the new season. I haven't watched the new season. Wow, you should because it's... That literally was... Well, that episode's not great, but... Sounds like a... But it has that that exact same plot device in it. Just saying, there's... That's, I guess, what the problem to me is this movie is all the missed opportunities. Well, you're also firmly opposed to all too much self-parody and silliness, but yet you're calling for more self-parody no, and no, silliness. No, 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 I was only I was only saying that the parody in certain scenes undermined undermined the parody that follows later. It's as if they had played it straight a little bit straighter at the beginning. Then when he get when then when the when Danny is it Danny well when the stakes are highest the parody is at its minimum like at, at minimal in use and I think that's what they were going for right because once he's in the real world and everything is at stake including Jack Slater himself because he can't survive outside of the movies Danny um, and even uh, you know the Ripper and um, Benedict are all in the real world causing havoc. So the stakes are highest. So then the the parody's gone. It's off the table. Do you think that this movie and Jingle All the Way exists within the same universe? And then when Jack Slater gets back to the movies and he tells the like the chief of police that we're doing things differently now and all this stuff, that then Jack Slater retired from the police force, had a new son to replace his dead son, named him Jamie, a very similar name to Danny, the kid from the real world and that also explains that why at the end of jingle all the way arnold schwarzenegger suddenly has like superpowers well he doesn't have superpowers he's in a suit but yeah but it's a suit that but i 100 percent agree that this is jingle all the way is the next evolution of jack slater it's the next phase of his right. life cycle i mean that's basically what movies. i'm saying yeah that's basically what i'm saying okay i'm glad we're on the same page there Another thing that perplexed me about this, and this is more of a technical issue. So at the time of this movie's release, it was the second highest budgeted Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Got to pay for all those explosions. $63 million. Uh, No, I'm sorry. It was $85 million. It was $85 million. His most expensive one to date before this was... Eraser? No, before this. Oh. Because this was before. I Eraser was after. Right. So Terminator 2 was 1991. It was yes. $102 million. That totally makes sense. You that was a $100 million movie? $100 million in 1991. Man, they left it all on the screen. Yeah. This one is $85 million. So pretty close. Pretty close. And the special effects in this movie are bad. Like this movie looks... Like the part where the kid is like flying like on the bicycle. And he's like we're going over the, ho- over the house... It looks like a, spe- a special effect from like an 80s like made for TV movie. Even at the end when like the ticket is falling down and it's like an obviously like CGI piece of paper. It's not even glowing. It's just falling down. It's like, why didn't you just drop a real piece of paper? I mean, that's pretty difficult to uh, shoot. I, I, is it? I don't, I don't yeah, know. mister. I've never worked on a movie in my entire life, well, but okay. I did make a sitcom about myself. So I totally understand the ego trip that Arnold Schwarzenegger is yeah. on in Last Action Hero. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but and to put some of this in perspective, not only is this his second highest budgeted movie, came out in 1993, it was $85 million. Jurassic Park also came out in 1993 and had a budget of $63 million. So over $20 million less, significantly better special effects. Yeah, but they had like a banner falling, which is like, 
a, a, a curved, tattered piece of fabric versus a flat, t- completely two-dimensional object in a torn ticket. What about the, the, the dinosaurs? Do you remember that part? What about them? I think that's probably where most of the budget went. Yeah, but there's, there is an alternating between the CGI dinosaurs okay. and the actual dinosaur right. puppets. If you look at the actual screen time of the CGI dinosaurs, yeah. it's barely anything i agree with that i'm just saying i'm just pointing out the quality of special effects so you're willing to buy a dinosaur over a ticket falling out of the air or out of a movie screen well the my point being is that the cgi dinosaur looked more realistic than a cgi piece of paper and i would imagine that that was the dinosaur was a little bit harder to pull off and it had a a budget of 22 million dollars less than last action here i mean all of your your disagreements with this movie are as small as that ticket in scope i mean to me this this is these are just weird things i'm pointing out about the movie that i bothered to look up because the movie sucked yeah you know you were so bored with it you had nothing better to do than right look up how much it cost to cgi render a floating ticket all the stuff i looked up i didn't look up after the movie was over i looked it up while i was watching it so i wouldn't fall asleep while watching the movie and I actually did fall asleep once and then had to rewind it well you also work long hours and don't get enough iron so that's not necessarily to the detriment of the film you know I don't get enough iron I've seen your numbers (laughs) I ate a lot of seaweed medical (laughs) records aren't that difficult to get a hold of um no I guess my my main things with it would be like I do do think the movie would be better if it had a better uh like the crime plot was actually a bit more interesting story because I have no idea what they were in the him and the kid were investigating. Oh, that's just hijinks. But yeah. that's that's also a commentary on the nonsensical plots of action movies. Not not nonsensical, just interesting. You can have a nonsensical interesting plot and you can have a nonsensical boring plot. I was I was bored. It's weird that you you say that you don't know what it is because there's exposition, especially from some of the main characters right. explaining it. That was so dull that I would listen to it and then instantly forget. No, 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 no. I mean, like, look. Literally, the two most powerful mob families are going to join forces, but that's a cover. Yeah, I didn't, didn't couldn't have told you that. It's explained by screen right. legend Anthony Quinn. Right, and it's boring, so I I mean, he's it. got a thick accent, so but. So I heard it. And then I forgot it. Well, ultimately, it doesn't matter, right? It's just the setup of the fake movie because then Benedict finds the ticket, right? kills the mob boss, and decides to invade the yeah. real world, team up with Death and Freddy Krueger and all kinds of cool movie characters. But that's almost two just... hours later. So you have that's – what that's my point. Right, but the the subplot of the mob family inside the movie just keeps it moving. Right, so it either, gives it gives Arnold Schwarzenegger shit to do. Yeah, but it's it doesn't keep it moving. Like it farted on, yeah, and hang true. out of a helicopter. That's that elevator true. scene is wild. You would talk about peak action cinema. It's that's just, it with the helicopter and the crane. It's okay, but see that's it's when the, okay. That's when the movie actually gets better. That's the, that's the the disinterest of a man with low iron count. <laughs> Perhaps. Give me your blood. I'll prove it to you. <laughs> the movie gets marginally, marg- marginally, significantly, no, significantly, significantly. Yeah, I didn't mean marginally. I meant significantly. It gets significantly better once Charles Nance does get the ticket in his own possession and then goes into the real world. Because, as you say, that's what the actual plot of the movie is. 
Although it doesn't, that doesn't happen until the last 20, 30 minutes of a two hour plus movie. So the plot of the movie. Is it over two hours? It's two hours and 10 minutes. I could have swore it was 30 minutes long. It should have. It just moves by. It probably should have been 30 minutes long. It's such a breeze to get through. So the first, the first hour and a half plus of the movie is the setup to the plot of the movie, which is the last 30 minutes. Well, right, because Danny is trapped inside a fictional world, and he's trying to convince a fictional police officer right. who has never doubted himself right. for a single second. Mm-hmm. He's And that's the, the wild part, is we spend all of our time trying to get lost in the movies and suspend our disbelief. Meanwhile, this kid is physically lost in a movie, and he's trying to explain to a fictional character that his world is completely fake. He's uh-huh. trying to do the reverse. Mm-hmm. For two hours. That's incredible. Yeah. This is an intellectual uh-huh. triumph. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think you're just upset. In the same way some people get upset about, say, a movie like Us, this movie was yeah, like it's just that. so <laughs> so overwhelmingly intelligent that it made you mad I feel for not st- understanding I feel it. For not- yeah, you're probably right. I feel like an idiot for for not getting the subtle nuances. And you should. You should feel stupid. You've changed my mind, sir. (laughs) I'm going back to school. I don't know. I do. I just kind of felt like. I think sometimes people go like, "Well, it's a comedy, so you don't need a you don't need a real plot, or you don't need a you don't need these things to to hold up," because this is just silly. And I I kind of disagree with that. Well, they do touch on some very human feelings and sure, consequences. Sure, I'm just ta- I'm talking I'm not talking about that concept. I'm talking about the actual, like the actual plot of the movie. I'm not talking about the the themes or the emotional whatevers. I'm talking about like the events that are unfolding. And often in comedies, I feel like people don't think that it that's necessary. You know, particularly with like a goofy comedy. But if you look at the one the best ones, the ones that really hold up, you know, with with exceptions, of course, there are exceptions. But by and large, are the ones where the plot actually matters and makes sense, and is the structure on which the wacky gags hang off of. You know, like one of my favorite comedies is Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and literally, like the plot of that, you could translate that plot into a movie that's not a comedy and would work just as well as an action movie or a drama, because the because the premise and the conflict are just as well established is everything. Well established. Everything about that movie is completely absurd. Incorrect, sir. And Pee Wee had so many opportunities to die a horrible death. And for no logic based in reality, he survived. Well, that's the comedy aspect of it. I'm just saying the premise in and of itself. He has something that's important to him. We're introduced to that in the beginning. Very shortly after that, that thing is taken away from him. He goes on a quest to receive it. He thinks he's about to receive, uh, get it back. He doesn't. He's at his lowest point, and then another opportunity to save it uh, comes along. You could ease very easily take the bicycle. I mean, obviously, it's his bicycle that he loses in the movie, and that's where this comedy of getting his bike back comes into play. But if this was a Bruce Willis movie, you could easily use the same premise and same events and just replace uh, bicycle with child kidnapped by criminals. What are you? You have the same structure here with Jack Slater losing his sense of purpose and then rediscovering it by the end of the movie and understanding that his role as an action hero for kids like Danny yeah. inside the movies is more important than anything. Well, that's why, but that's why the, the last 30 minutes is the best part of the movie, but that's, 
an entire plot of a movie crammed into 30, the thir- ending 30 minutes, and then we have the set. The, it's just an, Yeah, but you need an hour and a half of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger's ego run amok. And also absurd jokes like him referencing the famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger. I don't know why we can't just have both of those things at the same time. Well, perhaps you'd like to take a screenwriting class maybe and I, chop it up. Maybe I, you know, maybe I will. Maybe I'll rewrite Last Action Hero. That will be our next episode as a table read of my version of Last Action Hero. And it's going to be fucking great. Maybe you should shut up. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody, this has been the newest episode of The Trash Heap. Thanks for uh, listening. Here, in my notes, it even says, movie does get better in third act. Bringing back Tom Noonan was a good call. Let's see, let's see here, though. There was another thing. Oh, this is just something that I thought was funny. It's like, oh, no, it's an Ingmar Bergman movie come to life. When, the you know, at the end of the movie, it's like... That's incredible. It is incredible, but it's like... This is a lowbrow, quote-unquote, uh, action spoof referencing some of the most important art house cinema sure. in history. Right. But then it's all it's also like the, And employing Sir Ian McKellen. He wasn't that famous at the time of this movie. It doesn't matter. He was not We're talking okay. about this movie now. That's true. I was a different person back then. I didn't even have the same level of appreciation for Last Action Hero, and I would argue that it's not it wasn't as important then as it is now with the benefit of historical context based on what happened with Arnold Schwarzenegger's career uh-huh. and his personal life and the nature of celebrity. It's an entire commentary on those things. And the American dream at large, of which Arnold Schwarzenegger is maybe the ideal product. He came to America as an immigrant, decided he was going to become rich and famous, he was going to succeed at any cost, and he was going to marry a Kennedy. And he did it all. Huh. And regardless of whether that is a sick, twisted fantasy come to life or merely the consequences of American excess, I don't know. I'm not here to determine that. I'm just a guy who likes Last Action Hero because it fucking rips. Did you notice uh, that when, when one of the scenes where the chief is yelling at Jack Slater, he's saying a bunch of uninten- un- unintelligible Yeah, like just gibberish. Yeah. And at one point he says the diary of Anne Frank. <laughs> didn't notice that. He's just going like, blah, 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 diary man, Frank, blah, blah, blah. You must have had the closed captions on. No, I just really picked up on that. Amazing. Yeah. Did you just hear what you want to hear? Perhaps. Uh, remember when uh, the old man yells, let's hear it for Houdini. Oh, towards the end? Yeah. Yeah. How old do you think the screenwriter of this movie was? Like A hundred like years uh, old. Yeah. At least. It's like putting all his favorite deep cuts. Houdini, yeah. He's like, oh, let's Ingmar include Bergman. things from the 20s. See? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, actually, one of the most disturbing parts of the movie is actually Old Nick, uh, the uh, the movie projectionist. Yeah. The fact that he owned and that's the movie theater, like we're circling all the way back to the beginning of the movie, but this movie theater that is seemingly employed by barely conscious elderly people mm-hmm. and it's covered in trash and graffiti mm-hmm. and only has one customer that he lets in for free. It's and I I get that the subplot of it being torn down is is on the periphery but it's just fascinating that do you think that like old nick is actually like some sort of like sick old pervert and he didn't actually give the kid a magic movie ticket but just a piece of paper lined with lsd that he put on his tongue and then had this hallucinatory fascinate uh uh fantasy yeah danny's just sitting there like drooling with his eyes rolled because it starts in the movie theater ends in the movie theater he's never left that seat right 
Yeah. Well, I mean, by the end, you know, Danny is sort of like in full like action hero mode. He's holding up ambulance drivers with a gun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, wheels him into the the movie theater, um, you know, single handedly, which is I mean, that's total nonsense for a child. But yeah, if he was on hallucinogenic drugs and this Mm -hmm. is just some kind of fantasy, of course. However, I would wager it's more likely that old Nick is some kind of uh, entity, not unlike it or uh, that giant turtle created by Stephen King. Yeah. uh, Just sort of creating mischief throughout the universe. What if the kid was not, it wasn't even LSD, it was PCP and uh, Danny went through a murder spree through the city and he was the one oh, yeah. actually committing all he the was, crimes. He was everyone all along. So he was Jack Slater. He was Benedict. He was the Ripper. Yes, he was Ripper. So he killed all those people. Yeah. I think that... Okay. He was the one... He, he swung, rappelled down from the the uh, uh, curtains at the movie theater with the axe. Right. Yeah, I'll buy into that. If if this is... If this is if if this is what the plot of the was movie Was he also is, Meredith, the daughter of Jack Slater, kissing after, Wheezy? He was kissing himself in that scene. He, so he just drew a face on his hand and was like, hello, my I think name is pro- Wheezy. I probably think he probably like, came all the, like, turned his head all the way around and kissed his own butt. Yeah, that's probably it. That's what I think happened. If this is, the, if this is, <laughs> if this is, we established this as the actual reality of Last Action Hero, I'm fully on board. It sounds like you're the one who took the LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I did drink that CBD water right before we started. Good God. Yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can back the movie then. All right, you've changed my mind, Keith. Last Action Hero, great movie. Elliot Greenman 4. Elliot finally is into Last Action Hero. I'm still going to do my rewrite, though. That's fine. Yeah, we'll do a live read right on here. Yeah. We'll just need a. Uh, we'll need an Austrian fellow. We'll need a tall, lanky uh, Shakespearean actor. Uh, we'll need a uh, angry police chief, and we'll need an attractive mom. Uh Actually, this is my rewrite as I'm going to cut all that stuff out. It's just going to be the cartoon cat voiced by Danny DeVito. Yeah, going on adventures and solving crimes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's going to be called Last Caction Hero. Hero. Yeah. Wow. Got any other final thoughts on, uh, or any thoughts, not necessarily final, but what are your other thoughts on, on this Last Action Hero? I don't know, man. Last Action Hero is awesome. Right. I don't. I don't know what to... What I can, what more I can tell you? So say if the movie hadn't been, uh, hadn't been a flop, right? Well, I didn't, you know, I don't even consider that. I'm saying a commercial flop. Sure. If it had been a huge success, and you had the inevitable sequel, Last Action Hero Two, what do you think? How do you think they would have done that? Would Danny have gone back into the movies? Would it have been just a Jack Slater movie like comedy? Where he is self-aware, where he's the only character in the movie who's aware that he's a movie character, and he, so he, when he interacts with other movie characters, well, that the interesting premise of that is, I think it would be closer to say The Expendables, with an aging Jack Slater, and maybe Jack Slater has a kid who, instead of going into his own movie, he escapes the movie into reality. Here's what I'm thinking: Old Nick finally goes full on pervert kidnaps Danny the mom finds the ticket and she goes there's only one person who can save my son and it's Jack Slater goes and gets him and he's like what's the matter and he goes like it's old Nick he's got Danny and then he has to go save Danny oh that's a pretty good one yeah. and it references sort of the the setup of the uh, original Jack Slater movie where he has to save his own son exactly although it's does 
kind of disturb me that every single movie premise you come up with starts with an old pervert. Uh, the old pervert. It's the catalyst to every single plot that you've ever thought of. <laughs> That's because of all these movies are filled with people who are obviously perverts that the movie never acknowledges as a pervert. Right. So you just see perverts everywhere. Here, there, the grocery store, oh, I see a lot restaurants. Of per- I see a lot of per- perverts at the grocery store. Grabbing the fruit, feeling it a yeah. too much. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been, not necessarily like a remake of or a reboot of Last Action Hero, but... Another movie. I mean, I know there's a couple movies that have done things like this, like Pleasantville and Stay Tuned. I can't remember if that was before or after this movie, but more like specifically just this concept of someone getting sucked into an action movie and having to deal with the consequences. Yeah, there's enough sort of premises and stars and and ways to do it that you could adapt it to someone like Wesley Snipes or Van Damme. I mean, maybe Van Damme with um, JCVD is. Well, Van sort Damme, of close. I mean, Van Damme is in Last Action Hero, so in MC Hammer, and MC Hammer, Just incredible cameos. And Little Richard, all around. Little Richard, Little Richard yeah. was in a lot of. Had, he was like kind of like a king of cameos around this time for some reason. Yeah, and I'm not. I'll never fully understand. He obviously is an incredible talent and performer, but I don't understand his marketability during that period. Not at all. Like not at all. Because he's obviously a sort of a throwback. Maybe he was just somebody that like. If you were watching, like, he, I mean, he, I remember he, like, came on a lot of, like, those, like, ABC-type family shows. Yeah. I think I remember it was, like, an episode of, I think it was Full House. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where he was, like, somebody's uncle, and it was like, oh, yeah, this is my Uncle Richard. And, like, your uncle is Little Richard? Yeah. You know? And it was just And then he'd like, always have something really, like, cutting to say to somebody. Like, right. really sarcastic and biting. Maybe it was just, like, he, it was just, like, that perfect era or time frame where it's just, like, I'm old enough that your parents... Can be like, oh, that was a guy that was around when I was a kid. I didn't necessarily like him or dislike him. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I know him. And then the kids are also like, oh yeah, that's that guy. Instead of it just being like a completely forgotten. Well, I wonder if it was a, a legal issue where he's just filling out contracted dates with a certain studio or. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, and he and like the, it was that was the concept, and he was the guy who was willing to do it, you right. know, because he either want you wanted to stay relevant or he need, wanted money, and that was the only gigs he was being given but he was in a lot of stuff like that who do you think would win in a fight little richard or arnold schwarzenegger little richard the musician versus arnold schwarzenegger the actor or little richard no both of them real guys real guys little richard now versus arnold schwarzenegger now or little richard in his prime versus arnold at the same time wherever in their lives, in both of them in their their physical primes, whatever that means. Little Richard, yeah, I think he's got some surprises, I right? Think- you you sort of you're aware of Arnold and his athleticism and size and strength. Mm-hmm. He's got obvious weapons. I think Little Richard it was full of surprises. I think he was faster. You know, he would have he would have like you know he would have like outmaneuvered him. Based on his personality, he might cheat too. He might have a hidden switchblade or. Right. Like I would some just, poison or piano wire. I would just imagine him like like outmaneuvering and slipping between Arnold's legs, crawling up his back and just like pretending like he was playing the piano on his skull and just tapping him to death with yeah. his rapid piano playing skills. He might even just, you know, be so far ahead of the curve that he'll have a piano ready to go just to drop on Arnold yeah. before the fight even or starts. Or like he, he just like spreads his arms out and starts vibrating and like turns into some cosmic energy. That just shoots out of his chest 
Oh, I was thinking he becomes a piano. He becomes a cosmic And then piano. Arnold is like, ah, oh, man, a Steinway piano is really heavy and tough. I can't right, you know, do anything. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was there, one way or another, Little Richard's coming out on top. Agreed. I'm glad we finally find some common ground on something I'm surprised here. that he didn't have a, you know, a, a career as an action hero. Well. Imagine, imagine a Free Jack with Little Richard in the Mick Jagger role. That's perfect. I mean, that little pencil mustache would have been mm-hmm. right at home in that. That scenario. movie would have been a classic, not forgotten. Yeah, one. I think the the sarcastic banter between Little Richard and Emilio Estevez would have been off the chart. Oh my god, it would have been great. Because I mean, Mick Jagger uh, was a pretty pretty glib guy in that movie, but man, Little Richard could really set it off at a high level. So ultimately, last action hero. How does it end? What is what happens in the ending of the movie? Yeah, the end of the movie, the climax is after defeating the Ripper in a very practical way by electrocution. Uh, right, got him. Um, uh, Jack Slater, he blows in up. real life is critically injured with a gunshot from Benedict. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do they kill Benedict? He has the exploding. Like, oh, that's right. Eye. They yeah, and and Danny. He 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 shoots him in the eye. Is it Danny that shoots him, or is it Jack? No, Slater? it's Jack. He shoots him in the eye and the thing blows up yeah, because you, shooting someone in the eye doesn't normally kill them. Well, he's they, got a bomb in the They have to have a bomb in their eye. head. Yeah. Which wasn't that bomb supposed to be powerful enough to like blow up like a city or something? But when it shoots his head, it just like it just It's enough sparks. to blow up a man. Yeah, and then Jack is critically injured. They take yeah. him uh back to the movie theater, get him back inside the movie yeah, where the, because in a movie a fatal gunshot wound is just a, a right. flesh wound. Like, you know, action heroes can get shot a bunch of times and exactly. walk it off. Yes. So when he gets him, he gets him back in the movie, a doctor comes up and goes like, is this a joke? It's just a flesh wound, even though he's been like shot in the heart. Yeah. And then he sort of winks at us mm-hmm. and uh, has a nice little meeting with the chief, he, sets him straight. Yeah. He says like, you're, you're only mean because you're ridden like that. You don't have to be. Yep. And he gets to be back where Danny and people like Danny need him. People like us. Yeah, that's true. In the movies. That's true. Because Jack Slater in real life is, as he proved, absolutely useless. Now, here's a question. Here's a question I have, right? So, we, remember I we uh, mentioned earlier, like, wouldn't it have been cool if, like, at the end, because he meets the real Arnold Schwarzenegger, but then there's, like, the terrorist, or not the terrorist, but uh, the Ripper is doing some wacky stuff. If Arnold had sacrificed, like, had jumped in front of a bullet to save Jack Slater, and then Arnold dies, and then Jack Slater assumes the identity of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the real world. Then he stars in the next Jack Slater movie. Does that then create another Jack Slater within the movie that then could come out again and meet? I think the only time a new Slater is created is when they cross over. So so Jack Slater, the copy... Mm-hmm. Or well, the, I mean that's an interesting question because yeah, so Jack Slater comes out of the movie Jack right. Slater four, and also has an awareness of things within the Jack Slater movie universe that are never seen on screen. Well, so when he goes back in at the end, is he going to run into another Jack Slater, or was did the movie just stop? I think the movie stopped. I think they were like, "Where's Jack Slater?" Yeah, so there isn't a copy of Slater. Doesn't There's even doesn't, doesn't even the chief say something like, "Where have you been?" Yes, right. So that's what I'm saying. So that the, somehow that movie world keeps existing. Right. And a movie, like the position they're taking as a movie is 
just us being brought in at specific times right. to witness certain things. Right. And my point being, though, is if if Jack Slater, assuming the identity of Arnold Schwarzenegger, acted in a yet-to-be-produced Jack Slater movie, then in turn that would create a new Jack Slater that had all the memories of the old Jack Slater, wouldn't even necessarily be, wouldn't even necessarily necessarily would have been aware that he was a movie character. Well, yeah, just so the way course, the, so, the way a Jack Slater originally wasn't. But a know? new Slater is created uh, in every sequel, right? But it's always been played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can Jack Slater create a Jack Slater, or do, you know? Or well, that... once he's in the real world, he's not Slater anymore, right? Well, no, he's still Slater. He just realizes that he's a fictional character. Well, now he's that a somehow, copy. That is somehow, is this a time cop scenario? Like where he, he he can't create another? I think this is more of like a uh, like a data transfer type scenario. So it's like just... if he touched, if him and Arnold Schwarzenegger touched, they wouldn't have like some kind of like strange interaction. They could literally well, high they, five, and they, there would be no yeah, negative consequences. Right. Uh, so we can't. So then, so by that theory, he could duplicate himself yet again. He could create. He could create a new Jack Slater from his own performance in the real world. Yes. That would probably be some kind of an evil Slater. That could have been the sequel. Yeah. They really should have contacted us, or at least me. Yeah, definitely. Like that's like, hey, who's that eight year old kid? Yeah. Let's get his opinion on yep. he sees perverts everywhere. Let's <laughs> hire him to write a movie. <laughs> and in twenty years he's gonna hate this shit. Well that's all I gotta say about Last Action Hero. Yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting to hear people's opinions on something like this, no matter how incorrect. I do appreciate the movie more that we've talked about it. Not even necessarily thinking the movie is better, but is at least has is divisive enough with enough that it can create strong good opinions and strong bad opinions to create a scenario where we can make up rules for the Jack Slater universe. Yeah, and I think actually if we took the time and did a full commentary on this. Um, it would be three and a half hours and uh, we could really dig into some of these items like the trivia and the implication of the the meta commentary and mm-hmm. and just some of the more uh, subtle because that's the the fascinating thing about this movie is despite its loud absurdity and its kind of cartoon nature there is a lot of subtle moments and nuance to it that you can easily miss amongst the explosions and the over-the-top performances and the crazy set pieces. I mean, there's a, a massive fart gag that, you know, a lot of people probably remember because it ends with Arnold, you know, swimming out of the La Brea tar pits and a, a giant fart happening. And, uh, and then he, you know, wipes a bunch of tar off himself with just a couple of paper towels, which is a lot of fun, but... It's easy to remember that kind of wild stuff and forget a lot of the little things. You know, one thing we forgot to touch on was Danny's own imagination. Like when he falls asleep in class during Hamlet. Oh, yeah. And then imagines Arnold Schwarzenegger replacing Laurence Olivier. Well, that's why I'm saying where this whole thing might just be a Danny fever dream. Right. You know. His imagination run amok. Yeah. Also, remember, okay, there's the scene where Ian McKellen's death comes comes out of the movie, out of uh, the seventh Oh, scene. he has something very interesting to say. Right. And well, a couple things happens. One, don't, is, isn't on the movie poster, 
doesn't it say like Igmar Bergman's like death comes or something? Doesn't it say that? I think it's the seventh seal. It is the seventh seal. That's yeah. the movie that death is coming out of. But it, I, 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 I could, I, maybe I just missed it. But it I think like, you're thinking of the tagline, which maybe. is like death comes for us all or something maybe, like that. But I was just like looking at that. And I was like, that's not the name of the movie. Maybe me, I just wasn't looking at the screen when yeah. they went, went over that. But then he comes out of the... Uh, out of the movie, the, out of the movie, he's walking down the street and he, like, he touches that guy on the shoulder. Yep. And you're like, oh, that guy's gonna die. Yeah, because he's smoking in a cigarette. Right. Yeah. And he's like, and then he just walks off, and the guy doesn't die. Yeah. Like it definitely felt like he was going like, you're dead. Like touching him. You guys couldn't see, but I just touched Keith on the shoulder, mimicking the death touch. Yeah. If I die, you guys know who uh, is responsible. I feel like this is probably going to be a coincidence, and it's going to be to uh, your diet. Of Taco Bell and energy drinks? No, it won't. Okay, you're not enough. a doctor. Fair enough. It's me and my lack of iron. Yeah, yeah. How am I going to trust somebody with a low iron count? That's a good point, right? All right. Uh, Taco Bell is loaded in iron content. <laughs> yeah. All right, you make a valid point. If Keith dies, it's my fault. And if you don't enjoy Last Action Hero, it's Elliot's fault too, because this is a great movie. I encourage you to give it a watch. You're going to see something that had not been seen up until this point and will likely never be seen again. Because even movies like Scream uh, that kind of go progress forward with the, the meta sort of referencing, even uh, a movie like Cabin in the Woods, which I think is a standout, incredible movie, oh, yeah. still isn't quite in the same category as last action hero and then even spoof movies from previous years like airplane or hot shots there's nothing quite like action or last action so when hero. you say that like cabin in the woods is not in the same category as uh last action hero are you saying like cabin in the woods is in the cat is in the category of movies you want to watch whereas Last Action Hero is in the category of movies that no one should watch. Last Action Hero, I want to be played at my funeral. And then Cabin in the Woods, I would like to be played at my uh, the birth of my first child. Well, so at your funeral that's coming up very soon, because yeah. I just gave you the death touch, uh, I'll make sure that Last Action Hero plays on a small but turned on TV. Yeah, and it's also going to be up to you to uh, do a silly voice and pretend that I'm actually alive. To help me, get me out of here, I'm not dead. How am I going to be able to do all this when you've just told everyone that I'm responsible for your death and I'm probably going to jail? Well, and also your, your you know, iron-depleted blood won't allow you to carry, you know, a man out of a out of a funeral. So you'll probably trip and, and drop me in a river or a tar pit or something. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> I guess that about does it. That about does it. Yeah, my grisly death is where this episode ends. Uh, but don't listen to us. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Watch Last Action Hero for yourself, and you decide. And join me next time on The Trash Heap with my new living co-host, Bill Vance. Uh, yeah, can't can't wait to hear what Bill brings to the table. All right. Elliot, you've been... Uh, Back in reality for a while, you managed to not float off into another parallel dimension. Anything so, can still happen. Uh, stay tuned for more brand new episodes of The Trash Heap featuring me, Keith, and Elliot here Hi. in this reality. Yes. And um, look forward to some new uh, wacky experiments with the format and possibly 
a call-in show. That's right. You get to call in and make your voice heard and talking about the same kind of movies we love and uh, shitting all over Rotten Tomatoes for, uh, you know, ruining it for everybody online. Yeah. So until then, the dumpster is closed. You stripped the butt all the cut, like it turns like a take from you. I got the California Razor Cats doing all me a bunch of the Dara Hand Frank, doing all me a bunch of in my foot of cinema. Tiny Tim has stepped on to the total. You ball peen, Jack Aminas. I'll stripped about all the cut, like it turns like a take from you. You know, you're taking back a new marriage, which you're never going to get down the beach, go down the beach. You know, you take the chicken off the back and stick Well, see if this is clear enough. Give me your badge. And this time you won't get it back.